regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I'm glad you've joined us on the program today. Got a good one for you coming up here momentarily. Going to be talking with uh, Kevin Mikulowski uh, from the U.S. Concealed Carry Association, Director of Communications there. They just wrapped up a, a big Concealed Carry and Home Defense Expo in Fort Worth, Texas. Sounds like a, a great time was had by all. And uh, we've got a, a beefy conversation with Kevin coming up momentarily. I would also uh, encourage you to stick around afterwards. I mean, every day, you know, we have our armed citizen story. We have our good deed of the day. We have our recidivist report. Today's recidivist report yeah, features a uh, Antigun politician who is facing years behind bars in prison and instead... Walked away with a slap on the wrist. Before we get to those stories, however, you miss President Trump. Well, you're not alone, and I'm coming to you with a very special offer that you do not want to miss. Now is your chance to win one of six signed photos of President Trump, hand-signed by uh, President Trump. Soon one could be hanging up in your house when President Trump signed these photos. He wanted to make sure that all of his supporters had a chance to receive one, and now is your chance. All you have to do is text GUNS to 55404 today. For your chance to win a beautiful photo of President Trump, First Lady Melania Trump, and signed by President Trump himself by texting GUNS to 55404 right now, you'll actually get exclusive double entry activation for a limited time. Again, text GUNS to 55404 to have your name entered twice to win a hand signed Trump photo. Don't want to miss it. Contest in soon. Paid for by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. So, again, Kevin Mikulowski with the U.S. Concealed Carry Association uh, spending some time with us this morning talking about the uh, big expo in Fort Worth over the weekend. Uh, this is the, uh, I think next year is going to be the 10th uh, Concealed Carry Expo, but uh, it just keeps growing. It seems by leap and bounds every year. And Texas is a great place to host this event, obviously, with the uh, advent of constitutional carry. So, did that increase or decrease? The turnout. Well, let's find out with a, a conversation with Kevin Mikulowski from the U.S. Concealed Carry Association. Take a look and a listen. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's great talking with you today, sir. I'm always happy to be here, Cam. It's a fun time always, and I'm recovering from the expo. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So we had the uh, the big Concealed Carry Expo this weekend in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, a great place, by the way, for a Concealed Carry Expo, given the fact that uh, Texas is now a constitutional carry state. So I got to ask, man, how did everything go? Were you guys uh, pleased with the turnout? Oh, absolutely. Things went wonderfully. The Fort Worth Convention Center is a perfect location. It's one of those things uh, um, where everything is nearby and all the uh, both the vendors and the attendees and everybody was really happy with those, what was going on. Um, we had more than 6,000 people come through the door. Um, another great expo, you know, especially considering um, COVID issues and other things that like that are going on. Um, a few people backed out at the last minute, but uh, that's to be expected. Um, it was just a wonderful event for everybody. I, um, uh, I talked to a lot of folks who were buying a lot of cool concealed carry and home defense gear and a lot of very happy uh, vendors who some of them, you know, this is the first time they've been out for 18 months. Well, yeah, I mean, COVID is wreaking havoc uh, all over the place, but we're still, you know, SHOT Show right now is still sort of up in the air. We don't know if that's going to take place. Uh, here in just a few months. So, you know, the fact that you guys were able to put this on, uh, I think, you know, that that alone uh, is fantastic news. And the fact that you have thousands of attendees, I mean, that's great as well, because, 
you know, one of the things that we've been hearing, Kevin, particularly in Texas with the uh, the advent of constitutional carry, there are a lot of folks who say, oh, we're going to have people running around. You know, they're they're untrained. They uh, they don't know anything about the guns that they're carrying. Uh, it just, you know, getting rid of this licensing just makes it too easy uh, for for people to just, you know, pick up a gun and uh, start toting around. My theory is that the vast majority of people want to have that training, not because it's mandated by the state, but because they don't want to shoot themselves. They don't, they, you know, they want to feel comfortable with the gun that they're carrying. Is that the impression that you got that, that there are pl- plenty of Texans who are still interested in, uh, uh, you know, getting the training that they need to be safe and responsible with the firearms that they're carrying? Yes, absolutely. And, and understand this, that the removal of a licensing requirement, um, or the move to constitutional carry doesn't remove any of the responsibility when you're carrying a gun. You are still going to be held responsible um, to understand all of the laws, to act in accordance with all of the laws. And gun owners understand that. They realize that when they use their gun in self-defense, they're going to be investigated as with any other crime. And in fact, it's easier for police to investigate a self-defense incident because the self-defense shooter stands around calls the police, waits for the investigation to begin. So people understand that and they know that a gun on your hip is, it it truly doesn't mean much of anything unless you have that training, unless you know what the laws are and you're ready to follow them. You know, one of the things that we've seen over the past 18 months or so is that uh, not only are Americans, uh, millions of Americans becoming gun owners for the first time, but that, you know, it's it's really a a broad cross-section uh, of, of, uh, Americans who are embracing their segment rights. It's not just people who look like you and I, uh, you know, you've got uh, women, you've got minorities. It, 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 you, you know, if you just walk around the, uh, the, the shopping mall, or I was just at the uh, state fair of Virginia. I mean, really you just look around to your left and to your right. And that's, that's the face of the American gun owner these days. It's, it's all of us. Yeah. It, it was wonderful to see at the expo, the, uh, the diversity of, of folks who were there, um, coming to talk about firearms, coming to learn about what was going on. I mean, you know, what do we got? Like 8.4, 8.5 million people bought a firearm for the first time in 2020. Um, millions of people, it was their first gun ever. And it, it's great to see folks reach out and help each other and come together. Um, when we're there at the expo, you know, it wasn't a bunch of disparate groups who were all off in their own corners. We were all intermingling. We're talking with each other. We're exchanging ideas. We're talking about what works for us, what doesn't work for us when we're putting together our personal protection plans or or carrying every day. Um, you know, at the Concealed Carrying Home Defense Expo, we have a women's showroom um, that it, it's a non-sales area. It's just a place for women to come in and talk with other women about carrying a gun. And uh, that that place was was I, I'm not going to say constantly full, but it was there was constant activity in that um, showroom in that women's showroom uh, throughout the entire show. There was always people in there asking questions, and I just love to see that. Uh, it was uh, um, we don't care who you are here at the U.S. Concealed Carry Association. If you carry a gun, we are here to help you learn how to do it legally and teach you what to do before, during, and after a self defense incident. Absolutely. Well, look, it's it's not a right of the right. Uh, it is a right of the people, all the people. Uh, and, and I'm glad to see more and more people embracing that right. So so what are your takeaways? I know that, you know, the, the expo just wrapped up uh, day before yesterday and you probably still have a little jet lag. I know you got sore feet, but you know, as you think back on on this past weekend and you start to look ahead towards the, the next uh, expo, 
what are some of the the takeaways that, uh, that 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 you had from this past weekend in Fort Worth? I was truly impressed with the number of people who showed up at the USCCA training booth um, to talk about training, to talk about our Protector Academy, and get involved with things like that. Um, and uh, you know, I've been uh, with the expo. I've been with the USCCA now for almost nine years, and and I was right there at the very first expo, and. This time it was like, wow, it looks like we've really, you know, crossed a hit, hit critical mass. I mean, we had uh, um, video messages from Senators Ted Cruz and John Cornyn and uh, Beretta showed up and unveiled a brand new pistol, um, their APX A1 carry pistol. And this is where they showed it to the public at the USCCA Expo. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking to myself that, yeah, this is the place to be. This is where people are coming to find out about firearms, gun safety to get their training. The training rooms were full up on the second floor. I couldn't believe it. Hundreds of people packed into those rooms, people on waiting lists trying to get in for more training. It is uh, it is amazing and wonderful to see um, the American gun-owning public embrace the kind of education and training that the USCCA is providing. I'm, I'm really happy and I couldn't be prouder. That is fantastic. Um, so where is next year's Concealed Carry and Home Defense Expo scheduled well, to take place. Guess we know? what, Cam? We've signed a long-term deal with the Fort Worth Convention Center. So um, in the old days, and I'll say that the past six expos or so, um, we wouldn't know where the next expo was going to happen <laughs> because we were still in the in the, uh, in the the negotiating phase of, of getting a space. But now we're going to be right there at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Um, it is an easy place to get to. Our guests can plan ahead. Our vendors can plan ahead. They know we're going to be there and uh, we're going to have fall expo at the uh, Fort Worth convention center for the next couple of years. That is fantastic. Well, listen, Kevin, I'm glad it was such a great weekend. I'm glad the turnout was uh, as strong as it was. Hopefully next year, we're not going to have to be dealing with any of this COVID nonsense. Uh, and we can see, you know, tens of thousands of folks there in Fort Worth. Uh, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to make it down there this past weekend, but uh, hope to make it there next year. And again, man, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Congratulations to all the folks there at uh, USCCA and, uh, you guys just keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Cam. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm ready to talk to you anytime. All right, man. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate Kevin joining us on the program and looking forward to talking with the folks from the USCCA here again before long. Uh, right now, though, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Um, not quite a true recidivist report in terms of multiple convictions, but we do have multiple charges that came at different points of time. They were all bundled together, and now Rochester, New York Mayor Lovely Warren doesn't have to worry about going to prison for illegally possessing a gun in her home. She has managed to avoid this felony gun charge and the mandatory prison sentence as required under New York law thanks to a sweetheart plea deal offered by the Monroe County District Attorney. And in the spirit of bipartisanship, because Lovely Warren is a Democrat, and the Monroe County DA is a Republican, so, you know, but they're all, again, elected officials. And apparently there's just, you know, different rules for the politically connected and powerful in New York State. If you're an average citizen and you're caught with a gun in your home that is unregistered or unlicensed, again, mandatory prison time. If you're an elected official, however, and you're charged with violating the state's gun control laws, if you're charged actually with child endangerment for having a loaded gun in your home with a child around and no parent present, you don't have to worry about it. According to the terms of this plea deal, and by the way, not only was Lovely Warren facing firearm charges in New York State, she was also facing campaign finance 
uh, charges. And that's what she ultimately pleaded guilty to. Yeah, she pleaded guilty to some uh, minor issues with the uh, financing of her campaign. The gun charge was dropped. Now, are you ready for this? This is the punishment that lovely Warren received. She has to leave office a month early. She's already been voted out of office, but she's going to leave four weeks early. And the district attorney there in Monroe County says, well, that, 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 that takes care of everything. I got to tell you, this story makes me furious. Not because I really think that Lovely Warren should go to jail. I don't. But I don't think anybody in New York State should go to jail simply for possessing a firearm that is not registered with the state of New York or registered with their county clerk. The law needs to go away. Instead, the law is being subjectively enforced. And that's what pisses me off. I don't think anybody should go to prison for two years simply for having a gun in their home when they're not a prohibited person. But that is the law in New York, and it should apply equally to everybody, but it doesn't. Again, if you're the average citizen, you're going to prison. If you're a politician, probably not. Slap on the wrist, kiss on the cheek. Heck, maybe the DA will even help you pack up your office since you got to move out a little bit early. But that's the only consequence that you'll receive for violating the state's gun control laws. Now, today's armed citizen story. Far from New York, in the anti-gun locale of California, Pomona, California, where a would-be carjacker was shot by his intended victim on Saturday afternoon. According to police, the uh, incident took place about 12.30 Saturday afternoon. A man with a handgun confronted another man and attempted to carjack him. But the man who initiated the robbery was the one who was shot. Now, police haven't said whether the potential robber was uh, struck by gunfire from his own uh, handgun or whether the would-be victim had a gun himself, but they did confirm that the gun used in the initial robbery attempt was recovered at the scene. The uh, man who initiated the robbery attempt taken to a local hospital for treatment. Uh, in a press release, the Pomona police identified potential charges of attempted carjacking and assault with a deadly weapon, as well as charges uh, for being felon in possession of a firearm, carrying an unregistered firearm, carrying an unloaded firearm. I, I don't I don't know. In fact, it sounds like mm, the police aren't saying much about the uh, individual who acted in self-defense, whether or not they were legally carrying that firearm. California, a may issue state. And depending on the jurisdiction where you live, the issuing authority may say, yeah, you know what? You've got a Second Amendment right of self-defense. Of course, you meet the qualifications. We're going to give you your license. The other places doesn't matter. If you are not disqualified, if you've gone through all the training, unless you could show good cause to carry a firearm, you're going to be denied, in which case uh, that motorist could potentially be facing charges. But again, we don't know. We don't know the circumstances uh, of that motorist uh, or even whether or not he was using his own firearm, but I am glad that he was acting in self-defense. And uh, frankly, I would encourage more Californians to exercise their Second Amendment rights whenever possible so that they, too, don't have to be defenseless when they leave their home. Finally today, our good deed of the day story out of uh, Ferguson, Missouri, where a, a woman is recovering from injuries after a dog attacked her right outside of her home. The story could have been a lot worse, however, were it not for the off-duty police officer and his dog who saved Catherine Rose last Wednesday afternoon. She said, I'm trying to stay strong, but it's hard. She said, my finger is ate up so bad. It's deep down. It's close to the bone. The point where I've got to go to a surgeon. When this dog attacked her, she started screaming. 
And she ultimately woke up her neighbor, who's a uh, Ferguson police officer, Drew Kennedy. Kennedy told uh, Fox 8 in St. Louis, I-, I go running out the door. And by the time I got to her, her son Reggie had a broom and he's trying to hit the dog. I didn't feel safe discharging my weapon with her arm in the dog's mouth. So instead, uh, Drew Kennedy had his dog, Ozzy, uh, take over the rescue. He said, I came back to my front door and said, Ozzy, get him. And he knew exactly what to do. He went straight for that dog. He hit that dog full force, getting the dog to release her arm. Ozzy kept fighting the neighbor's dog for more than 20 minutes before the dog's owner came out to restrain him. Kennedy says the dog bit his owner in the calf. Said the dog's super aggressive. Why the door was left open for him to get out, I do not know. Ozzy, Officer Kennedy's dog, suffered some serious puncture wounds in the incident, but he is recovering. He is expected to make a full recovery. Kennedy says the dog is not a canine unit, by the way. It's his pet. But he has been trained to obey commands and defend his home. Meanwhile, Catherine Rose says, quote, Thank God for Drew, the police officer, to stay next door to me and his dog, his dog, saved my life. Yeah. One of the owners of the dog who started the attack, by the way, says her family is also grateful to Officer Kennedy as, uh, and Ozzy for helping Catherine Rose out. The uh, family, uh, unfortunately, did have to put that dog down, both due to the attack as well as the uh, injuries that the uh, dog itself sustained. So, I mean, you never know, man. Asleep in your bed turns out to be in the right place at the right time. But to Officer Drew Kennedy and his uh, good boy, Ozzy, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of their neighbor, Catherine Rose. And I know she is so grateful for that. And we thank them uh, both for their very good deed. That is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. But we will be back with more of the uh, Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about on tomorrow's program. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to check out BearingArms.com, the website, for even more news about the right to keep and bear arms that you should be aware of. The good, the bad, uh, and the ugly. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Oh, by the way, if you like what you see at BearingArms.com, don't forget, you become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNS. You get 25% off of your VIP membership. And because we want to say thank you for supporting us, we're going to make sure that you get exclusive content like uh, news stories, analysis, you just won't find anywhere else. So again, promo code GUNS. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. We do appreciate your support. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>